welcome to the Doc to Doc podcast. I'm Rob Hoyer, medical oncologist. And my name is Abbas Shafi, gastroenterologist. This is a podcast about lifestyle medicine, disease prevention, and longevity. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It is not medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized therapy and advice. Our goal is to enable individuals to become CEO of their uh, health by managing their diet, exercise, sleep, and stress to prevent common disease. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Doc to Doc, Episode 3. We're very excited today to talk to you about probiotics and all the, the mechanisms and dive into the history of probiotics and also talk about some of the what's hype and what's not hype and how there uh, there is a very um, emerging science of probiotics that's really important for human health, but we'll also talk about pitfalls that you can avoid and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to help uh, save you some money in the process of all that. So we'll uh, get started here and I'm just going to give a brief intro and then let uh, my colleague, Dr. Abbas Shafi, talk about some of the history of probiotics. So, so very, very broad overview of probiotics. What are these, what, what, what are probiotics? What is the microbiome? You hear that term a lot. So basically the human microbiome or the microbiota, same thing. It's over, there are over 39 trillion organisms that inhabit our gastrointestinal tract or our gut. Those consist of bacteria, fungi, uh, parasites, viruses. There's, there's a, there's also a, a amoebae type organisms as well that inhabit our gut. And there's actually more microbes than human cells in the body. There's thousands, um, about 10,000 different species to be exact. And each of us have about 300 to 1,000 species in, in the gut. And also the gut is a huge part of our immune system. So about 70% of the uh, immune system in our bodies actually resides in the, in the gut. So, so a lot of the cells in our immune system are in, in the gut and ready to ready to, uh, to fight any invading organisms that, uh, that come in. So, uh, I'm going to let, um, uh, Abbas talk about the history and the very, very interesting, uh, historical references of the, of the human microbiome and, uh, Abbas, I'll pass it over to you. Uh, thank you. Uh, the interest in, uh, modifying gut flora by consuming food, um, as well as macros that may improve overall um, health uh, as well as the treatment of the disease like diarrhea or dysentery has been around since uh, uh, the beginning of the civilization of uh, humans and uh, mankind. Uh, whether uh, this is done by fermenting food uh, such as milk um, to yogurt or fermenting uh, um, uh, vegetables uh, as well as uh, other uh, uh, food uh, uh, has been around uh, in, in different uh, parts of the, the world um, uh, as early as uh, uh, history of uh, um, human living in caves by fermenting and preserving their food for the uh, winter. Um, in the historical purpose, uh, the uh, documentation from uh, um, China, as well as Japan, Korea, India, Middle East, and Europe, uh, uh, is uh, fascinating about uh, the, how human they uh, 
uh, try to ferment uh, uh, food as well as uh, uh, treatment of certain diseases, particularly with the diarrhea. The early documentation that uh, uh, we can see is in China um, during Ming Dynasty as a, considered as a uh, yellow soup, which uh, uh, a form of uh, a fecal transplant from a healthy individual to a, a, a ill patient with diarrhea and preventing um, uh, from dehydration and uh, death and uh, has been well documented. Um, however, since 1900s, uh, by uh, uh, Pasteur uh, in France and uh, the germ theory, this has become more of a scientific uh, uh, um, approach uh, to, to this. Um, when um, in Europe they were studying the different culture, they noted the certain villages uh, in Hungary that uh, they live for a long time. And they thought this was uh, due to eating fermented yogurt as a part of uh, their daily uh, diet. Uh, this has not become uh, mainstream until um, around 2013 uh, when um, the probiotics as well as gut flora became more uh, uh, common in in West and particularly for uh, treatment of uh, chronic diarrhea like C. diff. Um, um, so since then, uh, there uh, has been um, uh, many uh, um, um, theories, many uh, uh, action to, to, to prove uh, how this uh, uh, um, healthy food as well as this uh, Pre or probiotic that helps the uh, human uh, uh, condition as well as uh, preventive disease and has become a huge uh, market. Um, when you look at again back to history, uh, whether uh, from uh, um, Africa that uh, um, for treatment of severe diarrhea used uh, small amounts of uh, um, camel manure or or today's fecal transplant uh, that we use from a healthy individual to people with uh, chronic disease. Uh, this has been uh, uh, very, very interesting. But um, through, the, through the world, whether from uh, Tibet or uh, from uh, fermenting uh, yak uh, milk or uh, um, Korea from kimchi, uh, Japanese like miso soup, um, or kombucha, um, uh, fermented tea, um, pickling in the uh, Middle East uh, uh, and Europe, as well as uh, yogurt um, and, uh, from India all the way to um, uh, Europe uh, has been uh, used. The uh, mechanism of action, how the probiotics works is uh, not yet completely understood. But several mechanisms has been uh, postulated. One, um, the probiotic may affect on mu opioid and cannabinoid receptors, then uh, consequently cause influence the visceral sensitivity and decrease the pain, which this has been used for people with irritable bowel syndrome. The other um, postulate is, uh, uh, is inflammation. Uh, by suppressing the inflammatory cytokinase and then 
by stimulating the protective cytokines, which is mostly the model that used for infantile bowel disease, that may help. Um, the other mechanism may uh, be helpful is uh, by promoting intestinal integrity as well as uh, uh, increase the integrity of the epithelium and uh, tight junction and causes a barrier function uh, and biofilaments on the gut and preventing uh, from uh, uh, pathogen to invade, uh, uh, invade uh, the the, that, uh, the intestinal wall and uh, causing the uh, disease and, um, and uh, uh, creating inflammation. So th this is a sort of um, brief synopsis through the history as well as uh, possible mechanism. And I'll uh, let uh, uh, Rob uh, uh, have some comments. Thank you, Abbas. That was fascinating. And there's a it's such a, uh, I love the historical connection and uh, we've uh, had uh, patients in the hospital that have required uh, stool tra transplants, which is, a, as, as uh, Abbas mentioned, a treatment for Clostridium difficile uh, diarrhea in, uh, in resistant cases. That's a basically overgrowth of this, what we call C. diff in the large intestine. And sometimes that's the only way to, to treat it. So it's uh that's most of the time treated with uh with, with certain antibiotics but rarely occasionally can be uh treated with this uh with this with a stool transplant as uh as a boss mentioned so um, I, I think next it's important to to mention this concept of uh of the uh, uh pre prebiotic and uh basically that what what that is 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 the food for these organisms that constitute the microbiome. So when we talk about uh, prebiotics, we're talking about uh, basically carbohydrates that include um, fiber, which is uh, soluble and, and uh, insoluble fiber. And we're going to have a whole episode on, on a fiber uh, coming up here in a, in a very soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and uh, there's actually thousands of different types of fiber. So that's a, it's a huge topic. And uh, these, uh, so fiber, what's also known as dietary starch and sugar, can also serve, serve as a as the food um, for these uh, for these uh, these organisms. So yeah, so the fiber is uh, a prebiotic, and uh, then you have the probiotics, which are the organisms, and that makes um, these uh, organisms when uh, when they grow produce what's called postbiotics, and those are short chain fatty acids. And that's basically um, what comes out of our intestine and is used by our b body for fuel. And so the environment of the of the colon, it's uh, it's acidic because these uh, fatty acids uh, acids uh, have a low pH, and so you want to the ideal uh, colon micro environment is a um, low pH, low oxygen containing uh, in, uh, gut when the um, when the uh, when the when the uh, small intestine has a um, has a higher oxygen um, or a or has a higher pH, that will actually um, drive the production of different types of uh, of organisms and change the microbiome. Um, if the gut's treated uh, treated with antibiotics, for example, if you take antibiotics, uh, that will change the 
uh, organisms in the colon. And uh, what we see is a change from what's called an obligate anaerobe to a facultative anaerobe. And what that means is basically the, um, the obligate anaerobes have to be in a low oxygen environment versus these facultative anaerobes that, uh, that can go um, in, a, they can be in a low oxygen or in a higher oxygen environment. They can actually adapt. And uh, we see a lot of diseases associated with these um, with, these, with these facultative anaerobes, and uh, that includes, so um, so, so uh, it's interesting, uh, a, a, um, a gut that's been treated with antibiotics actually in some, in some respects is very similar from a microbiology standpoint to a gut that, um, that, that has been exposed to a high, a high fat diet. So high fat diet and, um, and uh, antibiotics treated um, actually have some similarities. It's kind of, it's quite interesting. So we thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about um, some of the diseases that are linked to uh, the microbiome, and specifically we'll use a term called dysbiosis. And what that means is a change in the microbiome to more of this facultative anaerobe that we just talked about. We have both uh, gastrointestinal or GI versus the non-GI diseases. And I'll let uh, Abbas talk about some of the GI conditions that are linked to dysbiosis. Um, yes, they, they has been using a probiotic for many variety of disease, uh, but in general, in most cases, in healthy individual, um, that they are the biggest consumer of the probiotic. They really do not uh, need any of the, this uh, supplement. They, there has been many disease in the GI tract that uh, that uh, um, has been investigated uh, to see whether there is any benefit of. From this commercially um, available uh, probiotics, uh, um, I'll go through some of the disease and I'll tell and I'll see how, what are the recommendation. The most study has been done probably uh, called uh, uh, in uh, pouchitis, which is a um, inflammation of the pouch that is uh, uh, surgically created from people with uh, um, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, like also colitis, which. Uh, they had to remove the colon or people with uh, familial uh, polyposis that the colon has been removed and they're creating a pouch from small intestine, which uh, uh, the uh, stool um, can cause inflammation and cause chronic diarrhea. So uh, the probiotic has uh, shown in multiple studies that uh, decrease uh, this uh, recurrent uh, disease. And when you use a, a, a probiotic, we should in, uh, we'll go through that in, later on in the uh, podcast. But choose the one that has been proven uh, with uh, viability as well as uh, proven by studies that help. In this, uh, uh, this is they use VSL number three, and they use that for um, twelve months. Um, other diseases such as infectious diarrhea. Um, this uh, has been recommended uh, to use uh, um, twice a day for five days um, and mostly they use uh, lactobacillus. In historical point, um, people has been using um, sour milk or, uh, or uh, yogurt for diarrhea for uh, uh, many years uh, or, or, or decade in um, um, other countries. Um, Clostridium difficile or C. diff diarrhea. Um, this uh, 
uh, probiotic has been uh, used uh, uh, substantially. However, um, the study shows that if you start with 48 hours of using antibiotic and you only need to use this uh, seven days afterwards, and uh, um, you can use uh, many different preparations for this. So this may be beneficial. Um, some people, they use this for um, long time, but really the, uh, I have not come across any study that shows that, uh, that um, uh, beyond seven days um, after antibiotic would be any beneficial. Um, uh, there is a um, infection in the stomach called H. pylori infection, which uh, um, treated with uh, multiple antibiotics. And one of the side effects of that, people are creating C. diff as well as like diarrhea. Uh, in this, um, uh, showed possibly to using uh, probably like twice a day for um, seven days uh, and continue seven days after the uh, complete treatment may be beneficial. Um, Constipation, the constipation is, uh, uh, you have to use uh, a selective uh, uh, probiotics. Um, uh, uh, the trial are for four weeks or eight weeks, so you do not need to be on that for, for a long time. If they have not worked in, in a month, probably they're not helpful. Um, irritable bowel syndrome, the people take this for, for years, for this treatment, but many studies shows um, beyond four weeks uh, is unnecessary. You can try uh, for four weeks to see if that's um, helpful or not. Uh, so uh, for uh, other diseases like hepatic encephalopathy and Crohn's disease, um, it is not uh, recommended. Um, uh, however, for ulcerative colitis, um, in some studies they showed maybe some benefit uh, to this. So for any other disease, um, and healthy individual with intact gut, uh, um, a balanced, proper diet uh, uh, with adequate fiber as well as uh, fermented food is uh, uh, the recommended uh, uh, regime to do. Then taking uh, this probiotic, which can be very expensive, and some of them, they are not uh, effective at all. That, that, that's uh, really fascinating the the array of, of the, the diseases that can be potentially uh, treated with a, with a, uh, a probiotic uh, therapy I, I was not aware of the h pylori data so that's really interesting I may consider that in my my patients there's a, also a variety of non uh, GI diseases these have not been as well researched as what uh, Abbas um, uh, just mentioned, um, and I also uh, want to add that uh, in addition to the one addition as well as uh, and as I'm a, as I'm an oncologist, we'll have to talk about uh, colon and rectal cancer. This has not been proven, but uh, there are some very uh, um, very interesting theories uh, linking the, the the higher risk of colon and rectal cancer in younger individuals. To potential changes in the microbiome, and, and that's been uh, that's been research that's emerging over the last couple of years, and we talked about that in episode one. So you can feel free to uh, to uh, um, listen to that episode if you're interested in hearing about the uh, the increasing incidence of colon and rectal cancer and some potential theories about why that might be the case. 
some of the non-GI diseases. Uh, probably one of the biggest is metabolic syndrome. So that's a syndrome of um, of uh, central obesity. So weight gain in the in the uh, in the um, belly or abdominal area, um, and uh, that's also linked to uh, high cholesterol and uh, insulin resistance, which then leads to diabetes. And so uh, there are some very interesting uh, potential mechanisms there about how um, the, um, the eating um, eating higher high carb, higher high sugar, specifically high processed uh, sugar diet, may be associated with 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 the uh, um, uh, the microbiome in uh, in several ways. So that's quite it's quite interesting. Also, there's links to a variety of other diseases, including. Um, uh, the um, cancer of the um, esophagus, uh, maybe, and uh, maybe also linked uh, to the, the microbiome. Um, other uh, uh, other diseases, including Alzheimer's, depression, also have been linked to uh, dysbiosis. So there's a variety of of um, of, uh, of, um, of diseases. If you look at some of the papers, you can rapidly see that there's a host of different. Uh, uh, diseases, including autoimmune diseases. Um, Dr. Abbas mentioned uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, which are uh, autoimmune diseases of the, of the of the gut, but also uh, other diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Uh, these diseases may also be associated with, with dysbiosis. So there's a um, whole host of things. Uh, there's uh, several uh, prominent uh, physicians and research have, researchers have even stated that uh, the microbiome may be the may be the source of of most or all human diseases. So it's a, it's actually a very uh, uh, very interesting, um, and um, I think we we need more data to really before we make bold statements like that. But uh, but this is uh, quite a quite an important system that we're talking about, and uh, there's a lot of associations with uh, with with multiple diseases. Um, I thought we could talk a little bit about um, about some of the some of the ways in which uh, we can help our um, our microbiome to be um, to be diverse. So the idea is to have a wide array of different uh, organisms in the gut, and uh, so you want to eat a the idea is to eat a variety of foods that are uh, specifically plant based foods are going to be the the best uh, to support the the microbiome for two reasons. Uh, the first is the the plants have uh, have fiber, so you, to get fiber, you have to eat plants. There's no way around that. Specifically, though, that's a whole food um, plant diet. So, uh, eating processed plants is is gonna, the, a lot of the fiber is going to be removed with the the processing. And so, eating um, um, uh, you can cook them, but vegetable fruits and vegetables that are um, that are not processed is key. Uh, because the processing will destroy a lot of the fiber or modify it so much that it's uh, it's no longer helpful. The, the second second thing is that um, these uh, plants also have their own microbiome. So plants have a microbiome too, um, both inside and on the surface of the plant. Say, for example, the an apple has a whole microbiome on it, and that for for um, for, for my um, patients when I recommend organic food. Uh, yes, there's a there's a rationale to try to avoid the pesticides and other things that are sprayed on the on the soil and the plants. Totally makes sense, but the 
uh, a huge reason for organic food is also to um, try to um, uh, have a more diverse um, microbiome. So the the plant that is um, not sprayed with pesticides and other insecticides has to have its own defense mechanisms. It's going to be a, um, a stronger plant, but also it has a more dif- diverse ecology because it's in, in soil that is um, not, has not been treated heavily with pesticides and insecticides other, uh, and other fertilizers and chemicals. And so that uh, apple that's organic is likely going, going to have a better, more diverse microbiome. And when you eat the apple, that becomes part of your microbiome. And that's the that's the whole concept of uh, of how um, how important food is to, in this whole process. So, and um, variety of plant based foods. Ideally, uh, thirty to thirty five uh, different uh, plant based foods per per week is is ideal. And also, as Abbas mentioned, uh, fermented foods are absolutely crucial. So, find your fermented food of uh, of choice. Uh, Abbas listed a whole series of them. There's a, and just find the one you like. If you don't like the other ones, that's fine. Um, find one that you like and start incorporating it into the diet. Uh, yogurt is a, is a great one that's widely available, widely available. There's a whole host of others that are, that are available. And um, um, we've started eating uh, kimchi in our diet and that's actually, it's actually really good. <laughs> it just tastes, tastes really good and it can be used on a variety of foods. So that's something that's been very, uh, very helpful to explore some of these uh, different different foods across uh, cultures. And uh, I, I thought maybe, um, Abbas, if you, you wanted to comment a little bit of, on the uh, on supplements, um, specifically probiotic supplements and uh, prebiotic supplements. And uh, you talked a little bit about earlier, but if, if someone is going is to consider a, a, a prebiotic or postbiotic supplement, what, what can they use? How long should they use it for? I, uh, in my opinion, um... Um, we see the majority of this uh, interest in gut flora as well as the disease that uh, related to um, guts is has been since 1950s from industrialization of the food, um, particularly sodas, this um, substitute sugar, um, as well as, of course, uh, overuse of the antibiotics. In general, if you're a healthy individual, so you mean you have an intact gut, I think there's nothing better than adequate hydration and having a good plant-based or at least 80% of your diet should be plant-based. If you use those food and a balance and they're very, very tasty food that not mean have to have, you know, eat broccoli every day, but there's many good um, uh, fermented food. You don't have to always have kimchi, but there's many other um, type of foods uh, as well as uh, yogurt. You can, when you're buying particularly yogurt, be cautious that because of over sterilization of the yogurt in the market, sometimes these yogurts are not as um, much probiotic as what you think. So if you can learn how to make your own yogurt, this is the best way to do. But however, um, the more basic the culture, the, the yogurt it is, the more culture it has. So the more, if they put too much fruits and other type of um, flavoring there, then consequently that can cause uh, um, other fungi to grow, so then consequently they they um, over cleanse that and then it kills the, defeat the purpose. So try to to use a plain yogurt or make your own yogurt. So that's to be the best thing. And then, uh, as uh, Rob mentioned, have uh, the 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 
basic balance with the seasonal as well as uh, uh, food. So, so that's that's what mostly you need. You don't need, need really no supplement. However, if you decided to that you need probiotic and you need, I believe, consult your physician and uh, and um, as and if you tried it, for example, for irritable bowel syndrome, do not take it more than four weeks. And when you choose that. There's a few things that you need to know um, whether this is number one proven or this is just uh, marketing. So, uh, so make sure that 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 type of the product you take is there. The second thing, make sure is um, the half shelf on it is not too old. So these things degrade as the time goes on. So then you want to make sure that this um, beside a study proven, a good quality one, as uh, as, as as well as that. Uh, each of the probiotic they have contained many different variety um, of the bacteria, so so you need to search to see which one is super for you. But if you have an intact gut, I would not try more than uh, uh, four weeks uh, treatment. This is a, about a fifty-two billion dollars industry, and because it does not have any significant side effect, this has becomes more of a financial gain, I believe. To supplement from baby food to um, for the dogs for the many other things today you see that has become a big advertisement. So, but if you have an intact gut per se, you do not need. But if you have any constipation, IBS, um, um, uh, those you can try um, VSL or or line or other type of uh, uh, probiotic that uh, has proven that they're good. Uh, but I would not take them for a long time. Do you have a preference, Abbas, uh, of for the refrigerated versus the non-refrigerated probiotics? That has been um, debated. Uh, that uh, if there's refrigerated, again, you have to use it more uh, uh, faster than that. The problem is if they're refrigerated and use it on a, a timely fashion, they probably um, they have more uh, um, active uh, bacteria. But if uh, you leave it there for too long, that may degrade faster. So, so as I said, uh, initially I, I was very uh, uh, interested in this commercial probiotic that can yeah. say, but as the time has gone on and the more you see the long time or uh, studies, uh, then the less uh, reliable become. And the, again, they they're not substitute for a good healthy diet. But however. Those diseases that, that uh, mentioned, like pouchitis, we use um, v- VSL. Um, uh, sometimes we use uh, um, uh, Align or other bacteria. So, so it's it's uh, it's depend how, when you buy it. Don't buy a whole bulk of this. So buy small and make sure it's fresh and make sure they use it uh, for you know um, the amount that you use. Uh, I would not keep it more than. Uh, Amount or so in refrigerator or non-refrigerator to use it. So, so, uh, so there is so many. Uh, if you go to uh, any health food store or if you go to any grocery, there's so many probiotics that uh, even as a physician, that looks very confusing. So, so if you chose to do, you need to do diligent work to see whether uh, those are uh, uh, the one that suit for you. And I would not take it for a long time. So. To, we'll we'll sum up a, a little bit here, and uh, take, uh, we'll do some take home points. So, 
the microbiome is is important. Uh, it's uh, important to have a a, a diverse uh, microbiome, so you know, different with different organisms, and uh, and uh, the idea is to have a have an acidic environment in the in the gut uh, to try to promote health. And uh, the best way to have that diverse microbiome is to eat a variety of plant-based foods, preferably organic. And don't have, don't forget about the fermented foods. And maybe we can list list off a couple here that uh, that you can either um, literally these are super simple to make at home uh, if you want. There's a very easy steps on uh, YouTube to make uh, whether it's be yogurt, sauerkraut, uh, you can uh, miso. Uh, there's a variety of different uh, options there. Uh, huge variety of different uh, different uh, fermented foods and. Um, Abbas, do you have any other uh, foods that you like for your f- f- fermented uh, part uh, of your diet? Of course, uh, I am originally from Iran, and uh, the yogurt is uh, our biggest uh, probiotic we use on daily, and we, we make yogurt at home. That's I think is uh, is huge. Um, other type of uh, things, kombucha. Um, it's small amount. You don't have to use kombucha a lot, but kombucha is another good source. Um, even um, uh, certain vinegar, balsamic vinegar, or uh, um, apple cider vinegar. Those are also, um, uh, in some cultures, they use it as a um, probiotic. Um, any pickling of the the, uh, the foods, whether it's kimchi, whether it's uh, um, other fermented, we use uh, something uh, in the culture shi, which is uh, many vegetables they, they ferment in uh, in vinegar or the winter times or things. And so as a condiment next to your food these are all um, uh, in the long term uh, um, will help that the key things avoiding diet soda and processed food because that's what um, disturb your probiotic uh, your gut flora more than using any probiotic so so uh, but culture you looked at almost every ancient culture has a form of that this is as we mentioned miso soup kimchi um, kombucha um, um, balsamic vinegar, uh, um, yogurt. Uh, um, in ancient Egypt, they use midas, uh, um, which is uh, fermented uh, um, grains with honey and to develop a drink like beer. So all of those things has been uh, uh, a sort of culturally used as a form of uh, probiotics. So uh, this... Uh leads into our next episode, which is on fiber. So yes, we're going to talk about fiber for about 30 minutes uh, coming up here. And this fiber is actually fascinating. There's so there's a lot to it. And uh, I'm not sure if we can even cover everything in 30 minutes, but we'll, we'll do our best. And we'll talk about how Americans uh, eat about 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day. And um, really, we should be all, all be uh, double or triple that. So at least, probably at least uh, uh, thirty uh, grams is is optimal. Even higher, actually, maybe better. So we'll we'll talk about that and ways you can increase fiber in your diet and how to how to start uh, um, promoting a healthy uh, healthy gut. So, um, Abbas, anything else to add? No, in conclusion, that again, when you're choosing um, a probiotic, make sure there's number one the high uh, content of the uh, the the good bacteria that you're looking for, 
make sure you do have some prebiotics and vegetable and fruit that cause you know for the um, help to for those to grow it. and uh, make sure those are clinically has been studied and uh, and um, and as has proven that is beneficial but majority over the counter unfortunately they're they're just sold as marketing so so be wise uh, uh, on choosing your uh, probiotic and um, live a healthy life. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.